Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since Tuesday, this massive container ship, you've seen it, I'm sure, Ever Given has been stranded in the Suez Canal and it's blocking billions of dollars of ocean freight from passing through this canal to international destinations. Captain Gregory Toloski joins us from the Maritime Expert Group. They are situated in California. And um, Captain, thank you so much uh, for taking the time. Remind us, please, of, of, the, of your website. Uh, my, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on the program. Um, the website is MaritimeExpert.com. MaritimeExpert.com. I had it written down and somewhere it disappeared. It's been one of those days. <laughs> Captain Tulowski, <laughs> how could this situation happen? We've heard about wind and the sandstorm, but the Suez Canal has been in operation since November 1869. And sandstorms and wind, I suspect, have been part of the equation navigating the canal since then. Is it just the size of this thing? Uh, that's a great question. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, uh, this incident has really grabbed the world's attention in um, in ways that uh, we in the maritime community um, are still grappling with because uh, everybody knows about it. You know, there's there's actually been about um, eight incidents per year, uh, shipping incidents per year in the Suez Canal, but what happened here in this case grabbed everyone's attention because it blocked the canal. And from a visual standpoint, it's very persuasive because we all understand what it's like to be blocked, and especially in uh, things like uh, traffic blo- traffic situations and freeways, et cetera. So um, everyone can kind of relate. And I think the big question I'm getting is uh, how it could have happened. Right. So uh, a lot has been speculated that it's the pilot's proficiency, the size of the ship, the weather, a combination of all of the above. If you were to just out of the gate look for something in particular, what's the first thing you would focus on? Well, as you said, uh, we don't really have any data right now. Um, All we have is questions, and there's really no answers. But one of the things that I think um, is uh, something that um, for myself I looked at and for the layperson they're not really looking at is the width of the canal. When you are looking at those photos on a computer or in your television, you think to yourself, well, you know, it's fairly wide. Um, what, how, did, how can it get stuck like that? Mm-hmm. But if you were actually to go beneath the surface of the water, you would see that um, there's actually a much narrower band of deep enough water. So uh, there's only about, when that ship is sitting on the center line of the Suez Canal, there's only about 30 meters on either side of good water, what we call in the industry good water, which means it's deep enough. And what happens is if you go off that center line just a bit, there's huge fluid dynamic, fluid dynamic forces which um, push and pull the bow and stern. And from indications that we've seen in AIS reconstruction so far, 
that looks like one of the things that's happened. It comes off the center line, and the ship is forced into uh, basically an out-of-control situation. Hmm. Uh, it almost makes you feel as though this sort of happened previously with either this ship or ships almost of that size or, or of that size, of, of those dimensions. You would think so. Uh, you would think so, because uh, we've got uh, out of the 75 incidents or so that's happened in the last 10 years, the one-third are container ships. But uh, to be honest, uh, when you're piloting vessels of this size, and we're talking this is one of the largest ships in the world, um, the environmental factors that we've had you know, for the past uh, several years since, the, um, since modern container ships have evolved, they've just grown exponentially. These ships are just so massive. So um, there's, um, I think one of the things that uh, we'll learn from this is that we really need to take a closer look at the parameters that um, we can operate uh, ships of this size in. And um, at least for the shipping community in general, um, these uh, disasters, there are some positives to this. Uh, there's no, been no pollution. There's been no loss of life. Um, and it's very rare. But uh, the shipping community overall around the world is very good at taking a look at these um, incidents after they occur, uh, picking them apart, seeing what we can do to improve, and then make um, uh, improve it so it doesn't happen again, because this really cannot happen again. No, and what is the cost internationally? Do we have any idea? And what's the outcome likely to be? Well, uh, I think that uh, you know soon enough they're just it's just a matter of really sand and time and money right now and getting this ship refloated. Um, I think uh, the latest reports show they're about uh, 25 to 35 percent of the way there as far as getting that bulk of sand out from underneath the bow and stern. Um, and the, the costs are massive. Uh, we're talking about uh, insurance claims, and this is going to be in courts and uh, uh, litigated for years to come. Uh, I think um, one thing that uh, is maybe an aspect that um, is a bit scarier than even this money that uh, has obviously been lost, uh, it, it shows the fragility of um, the Suez Canal and um, using ships of this size, mm -hmm. but uh, unfortunately also shows the security aspect because um, we were able to, you know, with just the um, uh, one one incident, we're able to basically shut down 13% of world trade. And um, from a security standpoint, this is going to raise a lot of eyebrows. And I think there's going to be a, um, a this will be one of the facets that's being going to be investigated. Um, so uh, this cannot happen and does not happen again. No, it's massive. The the billions and billions of dollars involved are just are just huge. And and so when you say there are about 25 to 30 percent there to getting the ship refloated, this is a question many people have been asking. And you've seen, I'm sure, the memes on uh, on uh, online, <laughs> on social media, of this little, well, it looks like a small front-end uh, loader, trying to m release this massive ship from the, the grip of the, uh, of the edge of the, of the canal. So you're, think you're thinking it's going to take days more before it's, before it's ready to go again? Well, it depends. Uh, you know, they're adding. This is all changing hourly, obviously. Yeah. And uh, when they bring in larger dredgers, et cetera, uh, they're hoping for. There's going to be a spring high tide coming up here shortly, so they're really they've got the best um, salvage outfits in the world working on this. 
and uh, the Suez Canal has uh, had many groundings in the past. So really the best mines and um, equipment are on this as much as it can be uh, in short short time uh, on this. So the last report, at least I've seen, is they've had, um, you know, a certain volume. They estimate the volume of sand that's underneath the bow and underneath the forward section of the ship. It's not actually, uh, you know, the the famous excavator picture. That's just the bulbous bow portion. You actually have to go back another 10, 20, 30 meters from that and the, and the ship is sitting on that so what okay. they're doing is they're getting all the sand out from underneath okay. if you want to hear more subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify Stitcher or wherever you find your favorites and if you like what you hear leave us a review and tell a friend I'm Roy Green have a great weekend 